welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke. That you are indeed. And today we are joined by Destiny Dame. And uh, we're going to talk about tiny houses or small is beautiful. Is and, it? Yeah, okay. I remember in the, like in the 1960s, there was like this book called Small is Beautiful. It was, it was pretty cool. It was, Isn't that it was a song? beautiful? Small is beautiful. So Destiny, Destiny, welcome and Thank tell you. us tell us everything there is to know about you. <laughs> well, everything there is to know would basically just be an inspiring natural builder, mm -hmm. an advocate for minimalism, and you know, a woman who's trying to make her way in carpentry. All right. And we, we should mention that Destiny is here as an intern mm -hmm. um, at Blue Rock Station um, for the foreseeable future. I, <laughs> the I, second time she's a yeah. glutton for punishment. I, I, I think, oh, as, as they say Heaven. in Malay, uh, Ta'ada Rashana. So we, we have no schedule on this. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, untrue. So, uh -huh. <laughs> we got a schedule and a goal. So, right. so your project here at Blue Rock Station is is the tiny house. And the tiny house has been sitting there waiting for you it, uh, it was under roof it's sort of a shell mm -hmm. and you're going to uh, flesh it out and make it um, make it live so right. so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the concept of tiny homes what got you interested in it uh, and and you know advantages disadvantages mm -hmm. okay so what got me interested in it is a uh, necessity I would have to say I have need a place a roof a safe roof over my head it can't cost too much um and for me you know that's gonna look like finding the resources to build that or to source it out or to be able to look at a structure differently and say you know what you can make that into a house and i can make that into an inhabitable an inhabitable space so for me that's where the interest came in um in tiny homes in general though i love that like their versatility in it. a tiny home or a tiny space could be used for just about anybody um but you got to be a tiny person no <laughs> okay no. you should just probably just have big doorways yeah just all, all right. our doorways well one of the things I think, you know, I think we've had sort of a fad about this where mm. people would put them on wheels mm. and haul them around and that's all fun. But right. I think it's moved beyond that in it's sort of what you're saying is that young people don't have the resources, a majority do not have the resources um, to, to have a real place, a safe place to live uh, that works for them. And, um, and so this has the potential if we can bring it to a different scale or rehab buildings that are now they're just knocking them down mm -hmm. and building bigger and better whatever they say um and i think that's the movement that's come out of that beginning tiny house movement where they had the little videos of the people right. rehabbing you know the trailer that they bought the meaning the flat trailer bed right. and things like that and um and the things that we're doing here so the goal was to try to build a building um, that would be less than five thousand dollars. So mm -hmm. we're reusing, repurposing, um, melding some techniques from earth ships like ramped earth tires and uh, cob and earth and plaster with conventional amalgam of sustainability. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. And so and and making the building work for the site. Right. And so what you're really wanting to do then is a, is a lot more than that. You're wanting to create for yourself sort of a social movement 
uh, and you'll be the contractor. Right. I'll be the contractor. Yeah. And of course there's that way to look at it. Um, because that is my perspective. You know, I am within this generation of the millennials and we are looking to provide and sustain for ourselves and be resilient in this ever changing and crazy making world. However, you know, tiny isn't just for us. It's older generations who are on a fixed income, you know, and they need to be able to downsize and maintain their home and feel like they have autonomy and independence still. And a lot of times you see grandma or grandpa and they sell in the big family home and, you know, they're they, they move into a tiny home called assisted exactly living, when like they really prison. could right exactly yes, you yes. know and they really could be utilizing a tiny home in somebody's backyard or maybe they have their own property close to family i don't know they, my point is there's just so many applications for it and so versatile just the concept of tiny and minimal i think is is really liberating to most people once it's embraced. Well, speaking as a representative of your generation. Oh, goodness. Right. You are? I, I, mean, I thought you a, were older than No, Jerk. no. As she's her oh, representative. Okay. <laughs> me. I don't know. If, they don't want me representing them. <laughs> so, but, but you know, Which my generation, my thought as growing up is you wanted a big house. You wanted, mm. I mean, the house was status. The house was more mm. than just a place to live. Do you feel in, in your generation, in, in um, the, I don't know, millennial? Is that, would that be your yeah, term? Yeah, technically. Um, is technically this still is. a thing? Is it a thing or is the house like oh, a car? Sure. You just don't care. Uh, like every good answer, that depends. And I think systemically it depends on kind of your upbringing and what, what you took from that. You know, I have this train of thought where I'm, minimalist and I like tiny my I have siblings though that the bigger the house the more status they have and it's it really is about keeping up and he's only a couple years older than I am so I don't think I don't think it's um a good generalization to say it's just for this generation if anything I think we just value adventure differently because we we get to right we live in this time of luxury and um convenience and accessibility more so than past generations and so we do get to have fun for long you know more time it's not a huge rush to us to get married and have kids and live, this, live in rural in, america well <laughs> even ones who live in rural america you know you you decide how long you subscribe what those agreements I haven't seen are. that, but maybe it's just because of where I live. But let me just say that when, so, so here's the thing. It's not really going to be a choice. So right. while all these things are happening over here, like Jay likes to say, there's other stuff happening over here. And over here is decrease in population, is lack of funds to operate a real big house or a big mm -hmm. building. And so as resources shrink and we have to reuse and reuse and reuse and deconstruct buildings and everything costs more and more, which we're seeing coming out of COVID, uh, is only going to get more like that. So guess what? Tiny house. Again, it goes back to necessity. Answer. Yes. You know, innovation and forcing necessity. people. Unfortunately. Well, exactly. Well, one of the things that we're going to have to deal with as people are trying to build smaller and smaller homes are all of the zoning issues that are designed mm -hmm. to prevent oh, yeah, people from building smaller and smaller homes. And you were mentioned the fad of putting them on trailers and stuff. Well, that was as a response to the fact that as long as it was on wheels, 
it was not considered a permanent structure. You so you could get it. by the zoning. So mm -hmm. that was a silly, a silly thing to get around silly rules. Um, well, it wasn't silly to the people. They were the pioneers of the idea of it. To you get do what you need to do. It. You know, it's it's like let's call mm -hmm. it let's call it a I don't know an easy bake oven instead of a house. That way we can get an so, approval. So how do you well, define true, a, a tiny house? How, what does so tiny square footage? Yeah, or? square footage is a big one. So there is differences between a tiny house and a small house. A tiny house could be anywhere from like seventy square feet up to the. I think it's 400 by the Association of Tiny Homes, the American Association of Tiny Homes. And then a small home is 400 to like 1,100 square feet. 1,100 is square is small? Wow. Wow, yep. that's what they're saying. So that seems ridiculous. That's kind of... That's huge. Right. But, you know, to somebody who going down to 1,100 square feet is downsizing, you know, I'm not going to knock that. That's a movement in the right direction. There are millions um, of homes that would, size right now. I would think, though, that, you know, when you talk about zoning and stuff, of course, it's it's important to abide by those guidelines and do what you can. However, I kind of have two schools of thought on that. It depends. It might be better to ask for you know, forgiveness, then permission, depending on where you are, how you're doing it. And also it's like wedding shopping. Stop putting the word wedding in the search, you know, for your stuff. They're going to charge you more. They're going to give you more of a hassle about it. Stop putting tiny in there. You just have a small space. You know, if the word tiny is the trend, is the fad, and that's the thing that you are having a hard time uh, taking down those obstacles, maybe just take that word out of it and just advertise it as a home. Although that can be helpful because you can buy uh, a shed, quote unquote, from Lowe's, mm -hmm. and as long as it's under a certain size, the zoning doesn't apply. Right. As long as you don't put water in it. So that's where the either ask permission or ask forgiveness. But you also can end up losing your building because if you don't, if you don't pass the zoning requirements then you can't occupy it. Okay, right. so we should use probably... Use discernment. Use discernment. We obviously. should probably mention we're not advocating right. that, that right. you violate your local <laughs> yes, zoning we are. Laws. A little we're bit. Like, go okay. for it. A we're, little bit. We're not officially... Jay's not. Jay's, <laughs> Jay's not. not. We're like, we're rebels with that. With right. cause. With we're cause. Like, obviously, it. you want to make sure everything's safe, right? And you don't want to be pardon my language here, but pissing off your neighbors or anything like that. Well, you don't like want to swim upstream too hard right. because you're not going to win against Use the discernment, yeah. but yeah. Well, one of the advantages of having a smaller home, as you've said, is you're limiting your footprint, but you're also limiting the costs associated mm -hmm. with, with housing. And, well, and I've seen... How many houses I saw were like $40,000 and $50,000? No, I no, was looking they at were more than 100000 for... Oh, my well, God. and see, that's the thing is like, sure, if that's the way that you're comfortable in going about it. I guess more power to you. I don't. I don't want to knock it too much, but it goes against. It goes against the point. It I'm really does. That's yeah. Um, yeah. It just sort of points out that people can mess up any good idea. Right. Absolutely. Humans, that's right. They do. And I, I think that's what. I think that's where a lot of people are like, "Oh, this is a fad. This is a trend." You know, because you see it on the home network show or whatever it is and they're creating yeah a hundred thousand dollar tiny homes they're like this is my way to financial freedom and it's like no it's not you bought the wow. jaguar of mobile well, they probably homes, had you know? cash right um <clears throat> but i think 
you know, like what we're doing here at Blue Rock, to set a financial goal and say, I want to build this structure, and the goal is to do it under set amount, right? $5,000. And then the fun really then does become the reuse, the restore, the recycle, the hunt, the thrill of the hunt in it all to make it happen. You've got to be resourceful. You've got to be ingenuitive. And if that's not really your thing and you're looking for the cookie cutter, I guess have fun. Go do that. Um, and try to keep your footprint small and think sustainably as much as you can uh, is my only advice in that. Well, that's where the word resilient comes in. As I said, uh, as I've said many times on the podcast, is that the thing coming out of COVID is that we don't have resiliency as a culture. And so Tiny House offers opportunity to be mm -hmm. resilient because you have a small space to maintain less bills, unless you're at 100000 and you didn't pay cash. And uh, or you did pay cash, I should say. But but the goal being, we have to find ways to be resilient. We have to be able to weather what's thrown at us by the government, by disease, by anything really. So the, the tiny house offers opportunity for some of that, I think. Well, I Destiny, agree. what do you think about the idea of a tiny house community type thing, where you've you've set up your own little space? Yeah, but you have common facilities as well. Uh, using the nursing home analogy, you know, not every person has a kitchen in their bedroom. Assisted living. Oh, they all have little sinks with little microwaves. Okay, well, like I said, every human can screw up a good idea. <laughs> that, is, that was my answer. As you were going through that question, I can just say it now. That so was you're my basically saying the reason I want a tiny house is I don't want to share any space with anybody. Correct. And, but that's me. Yeah. You know, and that's why I also said I may not be the voice for my generation. Sure. But, um, yeah, I tiny home communities, like, that's an interesting concept. I think if the right people, the right intentionality, and the practice stayed true to whatever their guiding principles were, are, um, it's yeah, very it's beneficial. <laughs> yeah, of course, right? We're but Americans. <laughs> there's, um... Okay, well, I'm going to interrupt you right here. <laughs> I made the mistake of pointing that we're at the midpoint, so everything stopped. Anyway, so uh, I want to remind people you're listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke, reminding you it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. And thank God. Thank God. And the end of the, uh, your house as we know it. And we're, we're joined here with by Destiny Dame. And Destiny, we're talking about tiny houses. And you were just saying how one reason you want a tiny house is because you want to get as far away from other human beings as <laughs> yeah. possible. I don't believe her. I, I really don't believe her. <laughs> well, that's one reason to put your house on wheels. I, right. Well, I guess it's more of this concept, right, of um, intentional community. With this kind of thing, if you were to do a tiny home village or whatever at that point sure you're an intentional community whether it's because you're an insisted living or it's a a vet tiny situation homelessness or because you and a bunch of your cohorts thought it was great and you all had you know the ideal organic situation happen that's fine um but yeah for me personally no i just rather have mine by myself in a town with like-minded people. If if I lived in one of those, it'd have to be a dictatorship with me as the dictator. Well, because, and I uh, worry, I worry about you know it turning. <laughs> I would worry about it turning into almost like the tiny house trailer park situation, or, depending or in, of, in the wrong hands. Lord you know? of the flies. What yeah. I, right, exactly. <laughs> what I always say is Being the close problem, to a cult. Cult. The uh -huh. problem with intentional communities or these other situations is 
it's humans involved. Right. I intentionally avoid communities. So, (laughs) well, so the thing that I see uh, that happened after the 2008 meltdown, financial meltdown in this country, is that banks for quite a while refused to loan money on anything that cost less than $50,000. So, I'm wondering how banks feel about. tiny houses because you know even when we bought this land the deed restriction said you can't have something the size of a low shed well less mm-hmm. than 700 square yeah. feet yeah you couldn't it basically right. says we're not allowed unless it's right next to a house that already it is exists. more than yeah. 700 square yeah. feet mm-hmm. yeah so that's maybe one way of getting around it right and then again the tiny part putting the tiny in front of it well, it's either going to be footage. good. Yeah, and they're going to look at square footage yeah. on it. So you just, you're going to have to feel it out. It all depends. You know, you can't really blanket this. We're in our own situations and in our own financial communities, if you will. So it just depends. Well, maybe the way to get around it is kind of what you alluded to before. Uh, don't, don't borrow money. You know, right. part of the whole thing is build it as you can pay for it get it all done. Then you've got a house. It's small, but it's free and clear. Right. You don't have that albatross. Well, see, and that's why I didn't have an answer because you said it and I was like, I don't know. I would never even think to go to the, go to the bank for it. Well, restrictions. I mean, we need to know what the rules are if we're going to break them. And so if we understand that perhaps if we want to build a tiny house, but it's a certain square footage under roof, uh, we build a, a, a porch that has a mm-hmm. roof on it that's connected to the building. Reverse is true too. We worked on a project where they got approval for a tiny building. And then uh, they said, um, we want to put an awning because we want to protect the door because it was a, a cob building. And they said, oh no, no, it's too much square footage for that, for that area. So we said, well, don't see what happens if you don't attach the, the awning over the door and they said oh yeah no problem that's considered a separate building now oh wow so know what the rules are and also with the banks you're right there might be one word that if you use it or you don't use it Mm -hmm. you get a loan or you don't get a loan and most people are going to get loans for this kind of thing because the reality is people have less than four hundred dollars in an account somewhere they if they miss one paycheck they're they're homeless so we have to think about it in that way. And that's where the reuse and the repurpose stuff comes in. Right. Although that requires a lot of skill set and the ability to store the things. And there's a whole different challenge with um, the building process then. Well, speaking of skill sets, what skills do you imagine? I mean, you're getting into this. You've worked on it some. But, but if you were to advise somebody who wants to like begin constructing their own tiny house, uh, what do you need to know? Say how to hire her. Yeah, Yeah, hire me. Um, I'll teach you all about it. Um, No, if they're to do it themselves, one, it's the first thing is, as anything, it's it's mental capacity and ability. So you have to be able to be flexible, adaptable, and resilient. Because as we're having this conversation, there's a lot of obstacles you're going to have to face and a lot of things that you're going to have to learn throughout the process. And if you don't realize that in the beginning or you're not the type of person to see these endeavors out i don't suggest getting into it so we start or get there. A, or get a contractor or get a contractor right do what you what you need to 
to complete the project and and live the way that you want to live. Um, other than that, though, basic carpentry skills are going to go a long way, and you can get that from you know kind of what I've done, which is workshops, internships, or even just asking somebody who you know who knows it. Hey, can I tag along with you? Hey, you know I have this project I need. I don't understand, you know, how to put this flooring in. Do you mind spending an afternoon with me? I'll make you lunch, you know. Mm -hmm. So networking. Networking is a skill that you're going to have to have and just tangible, tactical carpentry skills, some design skills as well. Um, of course, we've talked about finances. You're going to have to be able to handle right. your budget and, and right. And well, you have to be able to, I think you have to start with, other tiny houses, looking at other tiny Research. houses. This isn't a YouTube kind of situation. Yeah, don't it's, watch this stuff on HGTV. No, <laughs> I can tell you what not to do. Budget. But, right. but you go to where there are, depending on what you want to do, go mm -hmm. find other tiny houses and people who've built tiny houses on their own, if that's what you want to do, or people who've had contractors build those tiny houses. And and find out what were the challenges, what were the problems. Then you have to create a plan because otherwise you got nothing. And then you have to um, do what you're saying. You've got to have a budget. You've got to mm -hmm. move forward with that. And all of those things take, take amazing skill sets. And that's when people give up. It's the same with any building. You get to a certain point you don't know enough and you're not willing to reach out to other people. Mm -hmm. And... I think the tiny house movement has great opportunity to build community for people to come together with these skill sets or don't have the skill sets and work together. Well, just assume also everything's going to take twice as long and cost three times as much yes. as mm -hmm. what you That's had decided. Yep. And, and another thing we always give the advice of is if you're going to build something and you've never built it anything before, don't start with your house, right? right. Build start a birdhouse. Birdhouse, <laughs> yeah. doghouse, bookcase, house, okay? Yeah, In get, those Yeah, orders. go get the skills, right? It's And confidence. Yeah, and confidence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, I know that you don't have a vast uh, portfolio of tiny houses you worked on. Let's talk about some of the uh, features of the one that we're working on right now. Just some we of the ways features. we have features. <laughs> There's features in that show. We have He's features out the wazoo over there. So, <laughs> so there are a few things that you can do, you know, with space. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what comes to mind initially is, is like a fold-up table. Right. So you can get that out of the way when you're not using the table. Um, of course, the upstairs in, in our tiny house is not a full height upstairs. You've got to... You know, unless you're four foot six, you're going to have to stoop or, or crawl around mm -hmm. when you're upstairs. So that's kind of the idea of a, a loft. Mm -hmm. The other thing is from the very beginning, the placement. So you, if it's going to be a stationary building, I think you want to be able to say uh, it has the east sun in the morning and the south sun in the day. And then that porch becomes maybe a heat sink where you enclose it a bit. So you in the winter, you have the ability to collect heat. In the summer, the sun's high, you won't collect the heat. But those are some really basic skills that really need, uh, skill sets that need to be the beginning of the planning of the Absolutely. building. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Having course, the building work for you, you know. Yeah, that's right. Well, we talked about how do you collect water. Um, if you're hooking up to, to city water, that's one issue. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you do with the waste? How do you deal with that? It should be like, yeah, your number... 
<laughs> on your the top list. What do we do with the waste? Right. You know, yeah. for any, always. Always. How do you deal with heat? How do you deal with cooling? Um, what we're trying to do with our system, it's a bit of a showcase for all these sustainable ideas. Mm -hmm. Whether they're good ideas or not, I don't know. We'll find out. You know, that's right. part of the whole process is say, this is something you read about in these sustainability books, but it's like cookbooks. You know, sometimes you just do it and you find out that that person who wrote that never, never, made that never cooked that <laughs> because it is crap, you know, right. and, and we see the same thing with sustainability. They say, oh, you can do it this way. You, and it's like, no, you never did that, right? You never did. Well, we right. built a biodigester. We built two of them with different interns. And everything we were reading, even in the book we got and everything, it makes it sound like it's going to work in the winter. And I kept looking up going, it doesn't, it's not logical because of the temperature and mm -hmm. the need for high temperature to create the methane for the gas. And we had this one guy that we worked with down in Athens County. And, um, and so he gave some ideas, but then he looked up at one point and he goes, if you can figure it out, you'll you'll win the Nobel Peace Prize because <laughs> it's not going to work when it's cold. But we have yeah. a really nice one that some we engineering do. students made. And so, but it may be that what we have to do is to say, all right, that works for eight months of the year, and the other four months we have to do something else. Mm -hmm. And that's how we build resiliency, not sustainability, but real resiliency. So we always are going to have hot water and always going to have the ability to cook food in some way. Well, I think one of the things that you run into with tiny homes or with any home, any construction, is the framing and the the construction of the shell goes very, very quickly. So you can get a distorted view of how this process is going to go forward. So you build this building in a couple of weeks, but then it takes you a couple of years to like finish. finish it. Mm -hmm. so, takes so, long. so that's why you're here for the foreseeable right. future because uh, this <laughs> may take sense. you uh you may be you may Some be time. our age you'll be saying you know <laughs> social security is not a bad thing you know? so. well we have right. a lot of the basics right and we and we have a stairway now that one of the interns built that's quite <laughs> yes beautiful. it is quite beautiful <laughs> and the most of our resources are or if not all of them actually are here with us already mm -hmm. and we're in the process of gathering them and deciding you know where they're best going to be used and um yeah just getting the space ready as far as like designing in a tiny home though i would just say utilize every inch storage is important and if you can get rid of some visual mass without getting rid of you know, the utility purpose of whatever the thing is, uh, go for it. Because anything to create depth in a bigger space is going to be what you're looking for in there. And, and think then, about that there's real estate above your yes. head. Yes. All that real estate up there for pots Or maybe and not. Pans maybe hanging. not if you're the six foot, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> the but six foot tiny house guy. When, when you're designing <laughs> the ceiling, right. you know, the building itself to say, all right, we want to have a lot of our pot our pots and pans mm -hmm. are going to hang up there or mm -hmm. baskets or chairs even you know the it shakers will. used to put their that's where the chair rail came in that you know the idea the chairs would go against the wall so they could have mm -hmm. a different kind of a meeting and well so. i came up with an idea when we were designing this that we could lift up the floor and have storage underneath <laughs> there and i thought Okay, that's this is why we work. have all the coolers, <laughs> which are helpful. We use them all the time. But the idea was he wanted to put them under the floor. And I'm thinking, okay, if it's a tiny house, how what do we have to move all the furniture out or whatever to get to right. the 
Okay, Thank Destiny. Well, we're going to keep touch with you to see what worked, oh, what didn't work. We're going to keep checking in. All so, right. All right. You've been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. We've been speaking with Destiny Dame, our tiny house uh, diva. <laughs> diva. The, the oh, diva wow. of tiny houses. And wow. we want to thank you. Shots fired. <laughs> we want to thank Adam Rich, <laughs> our, our tiny Emmy Award winning uh, producer. And we want to thank you for just spending a bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is? Well, I think in this case, you better play nice with others, clean up your own best, mess yes. your own best, <laughs> that's right, and eat some veggies, Jay. All right. Till next time. Bye-bye. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at BlueRockStation.com. Yeah.